There we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am Andrew Langer. So glad you can join me today. Let me do this. <laughs> um, um, got this. Let me do that. Hi. So uh, obviously, really great for you to join me. Uh, I'm so glad you could be here today. Got lots to talk about. Uh, as I said, um, and I'm going to X out of this here, I, I, you know, running these things on my own is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, so it is uh, much, much more helpful for me to uh, continue to go down this road. All right, there we go. Um, lots happened last night. Uh, and, and it, you know, I wanted to join you all today or have you join me today so that we could break down uh, both the victories in Virginia and in New Jersey. Obviously, uh, stunning things went on last night. Uh, and it's important to understand why these things happened and what they mean moving forward. Uh, so let me let me sort of set the stage. Uh, as, you know, obviously, we had indications that the Yunkin victory was going to happen. Uh, the polls were moving in that direction. But I have been to this dance before, uh, and I was, as many of you know, uh, Eorish uh, about this. Uh, you know. Again, I've seen Republicans snatch defeat from the jaws of victory before. And as I said, going into this, this was Terry McAuliffe's race to lose. Uh, and, you know, I thought as of Monday uh, that McAuliffe was probably going to squeak it out, that that it would it would come down to literally, I, I said, somewhere between three and maybe 30,000 votes, uh, given what we knew about what was happening and given what we'd seen in the past uh, about this, uh, that it was entirely possible that uh, that um, uh, that uh, McAuliffe was going to be able to pull it out. We're going to get to New Jersey in, in a bit, and I'll say it right now, New Jersey is the bigger story, um, but we'll talk about that in a moment. The, the, the point is, listen, we know what happens in, with regards to history. Um, we, we know what happens in midterm elections. We know what happens when you have an unpopular president. And all of those things were conspiring to give us what happened uh, last night, yesterday, and, and not even yesterday, but before yesterday, because we have so much early voting. Um, but let me let me sort of, because I got I, it's funny, I got asked about this within the context of the uh, 2006 elections and 2005 elections. Um, but but you know, really the analog here is the 2008 presidential election, the election of Barack Obama, then what happened in, in Virginia and um, uh, what happened in Virginia and in New Jersey, and then what that led to in terms of the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the 2010 midterm elections. Because all of the right the history is a is a listen history uh, is no guarantee of things repeating themselves, but it certainly can be an indicator of those things. Uh, and if you go back and you look at what happened, right? Um, uh, Republicans lost the uh, House of Representatives in uh, well, they lost the Virginia uh, the Virginia uh, governorship, and I think the new, I want to say the New Jersey governorship in two thousand five. Then Republicans lost uh, the House massively in two thousand six. We sort of knew that was happening. Of course, this is after George W. Bush was reelected in 2004 uh, and reelected and increased his vote margins in 2004, I should say. Uh, but then Barack Obama gets elected in 2009. Uh, we have the birth of the Tea Party movement. Uh, we have a lot of unhappiness surrounding what was being talked about in terms of the Affordable Care Act, 
uh, other things that the Obama administration was starting to do that were disturbing people. But remember, the Obama administration was uh, uh, much, much more popular than the Biden administration is. So, uh, but then in uh, in uh, Virginia and in New Jersey, in the 2009 gubernatorial elections, you saw McDonald win in, in Virginia. Um, and then you saw Chris Christie get elected to his first term in office uh, in New Jersey. And then, of course, in, in the 2010 midterms, Republicans uh, had that massive wave uh, of, of victories. And again, with Barack Obama being uh, much, much more popular, than um uh than uh, joe biden is you know and let's go there actually real quick i want i want to go here first because this is this is what um uh, and yeah, my glasses are now on um this is where do we have this but ba, 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 ba. i want to pull this up uh because we'll get we can get to last night but i want to i want to start with huh thought i added up maybe i do yes there it is let me share this with you guys. Hi, everybody, as we sort of do this. I don't need to turn on sound for this. Professional journalism time. Oh, I see. Ah, da, 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 da. is good all right so this this should have been a real indication actually i'll leave my glasses on for this uh this should have been a real indication um that that uh, that things could change right we talked about this in terms of the 2016 election and the exit polling of the 2016 election where more than two-thirds of, of americans uh saw that the country was on the wrong track felt that the country was on the wrong track and once you saw that you knew that donald trump's victory was in the bag now we've been in a change environment for a long time we could also say that the, the 2020 election was a change election and Americans were uh, uh, felt that America was on the wrong track, but set that aside for, 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 uh, um, uh, for, for that for a moment. But, you know, Sunday we have this, we have Chuck Todd coming out uh, and saying that, uh, um, uh, that Americans have lost their, their confidence in Biden. By the way, this is on the heels of some aggregate polling about the president's approval rating that seemed to indicate that he was on the upswing. Uh, but then this poll comes out and you see uh, uh, Chuck Todd having a scramble. This is, again, this is an NBC News poll. It is not uh, a, a Fox News poll. It is not a, a, a looking at the Daily Wire right now. It is not a Daily Wire News poll. Uh, so that was an indication that that things uh, were changing or could be or, or could be changing. And that's that's important. I, I don't have video of Chuck Todd on this. Uh, but uh, but, uh, you know, we could we could pull that up at some point in time. I do have other video that I want to play. Um, so going into this though as i said because i've been here before uh, i was uh, i was skeptical i was dubious uh, that uh, that uh, these guys were going to be able to pull it off and frankly there's a little bit of superstition on my part uh, i figured the the more uh, confident i might be um the uh, the the less uh, assured this was going to be as i've said hold on for a second as i've said uh, i had to move out of <laughs> i had to move out of maryland in order for larry hogan to win um and then when i moved to virginia obviously we had uh, we had uh, ralph northam get elected and and here we are um but but you know maybe maybe that streak is broken so last night i'm sitting here and i'm watching uh, all of this 
uh, and I am watching. Um, I am watching uh, um, uh, the the results come in, and I am seeing the. Uh, uh, I am seeing that the the polls look like they're going well. The returns look like they're going well for uh, for uh, um, uh, for Glenn Youngkin, and um, and and you know you come out. McAuliffe comes out and gives his non-concession concession speech. Let me tell you, classy guy. Uh, that Terry McAuliffe. We'll, we'll get more on that in a second. Uh, but I, I loved, I loved this. Like it, you know, uh, he gives his speech, and then immediately, uh, immediately, um, uh, the uh, uh, the the crowd clears out. This is. Let me tell you something. This is not before the victory party. I want to be really clear here. This is. It, it's funny because uh, whoever this Pearson Sharp person is, um, they uh, they they wrote this tweet at eleven forty nine p.m. Uh, this was uh, this was on the um, this was happening uh, much much earlier on. We were we were watching this before we went to bed last night. Uh, but I will tell you though, as I watched this happen, I was again skeptical. I'll be I'll be really clear here. I was skeptical that uh, uh, that Yunkin was still going to be able to pull it off. Right? We had these calls last night uh, of saying that there was uh, they were calling for a, a rerun in uh, in of the election results in Fairfax County. Fairfax County is massive. Uh, we didn't have election returns yet from Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I, I felt, uh, you know, and as and, and it was tightening up as I was going to bed. Um, because it had been right, Yunkin had been up by I think 130, 160,000 votes at one point, and that that margin was shrinking. And I and I went to bed thinking, you know, something. I know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to go to bed, and and it's going to flip, and it's going to be like Georgia all over again. They're going to all of a sudden find all these votes in Fairfax County and in Norfolk uh, and in Loudon, but but they didn't. They 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 didn't. Um, and so what happens? And I want to I want to get into uh, I want to get into this. Uh, what happens is then uh, the media reaction uh, uh, starts to all of this, uh, and that's important uh, here as, as you see this. And uh, you know, obviously, it's interesting. Uh, I I was alternating uh, between CNN and and Fox last night. Um, I tried logging a little bit of time with MSNBC, and I just couldn't do it um, because it, it just it it is, you know, I I, I don't I couldn't. <laughs> You might be thinking, well, Andrew, you should be taking joy in the in the tears of the progressives on MSNBC, and I'm like, you know, it's just it's it's not fun to watch. It's not interesting to watch. Uh, at least CNN was trying to put on the vague image of being uh, uh, fair and balanced last evening. Uh, but here, let's let's go here. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, as they talk about this. And of course, we need to talk about the history of what was happening, uh, of what happened last night. But let's uh, let's share this. Let's share the sound um, and let's pull this up here. So here you have um, uh, a couple of things. You got Van Jones. Um, this is a Van Jones goes off. This is from Town Hall. Van Jones go, goes off the rail ahead of the Virginia election results. Um, and this is this is now. I want you to cast your memory back to four years ago. Um, four years ago, you will recall that uh, it was the first election after Donald Trump was elected president. Uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, friends of mine, Ed and Kathy Gillespie. Ed Gillespie was running for governor. And the Democrats just offered this hateful ad, right? All that the Democrats have 
is calling Republicans racists and white supremacists. Uh, and of course, this was a couple of months after Charlottesville. So there was this horrible ad that went out there uh, on the part of, uh, and it was supposed to be an independent expenditure. We now know that it was in fact not independent, uh, but essentially had a a a truck uh, uh, with a, I want to say it had a Confederate flag bumper sticker on the back of it. And I think it had chains dragging from the end of it. And they were chasing down immigrant children. And the idea was, if you vote for Ed Gillespie, you're voting for, for, for a party that believes in chasing down immigrant children. Um, and, you know, so, so, you know, we have this, this trope, um, of, of white supremacy and Trumpism, and I'm going to say this, nothing, nothing suggests white supremacy more, uh, than having a ticket, uh, sweep the election in which you have, uh, one woman of color, the first woman of color ever elected Lieutenant governor in the state of Virginia, uh, and the first uh, Latino, uh, elected uh, attorney general in the state of Virginia. But yeah, that's that's apparently evidence of white supremacy. Uh, here is um, here is uh, Van Jones uh, last night uh, on CNN uh, talking about uh, about this. Um, first of all, it's not over. Um, you do have the, the grassroots uh, folks out there uh, fighting for this on the Democratic Party side. The stakes are high. Uh, when this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism, the Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster and can get a lot more places. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing says, uh, 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 I, you know, and again, you know, it's funny because the left talks about dog whistles and they talk about CRT and education curriculum and parents' choice. Somebody else said parents' choice is a racist dog whistle. I mean, this is what they do. But in point of fact, uh, the dog whistle here is Trumpism, right? And and calling uh, out. I know you're right. It's it's uh, uh, you you know calling it to Trumpism is the dog whistle for white supremacy, right? And calling someone a white supremacist. And again, I want to revert back to this and say, right, Winsome Sears uh, is proof positive. We can talk about the divide, but let's let's keep going here uh, as we talk about this. Uh, here is Nicole Wallace uh, on MSNBC. Uh, you, you, again, you have Van Jones engaging in the dog whistle. Uh, you, Nicole Wallace, at least to her credit, uh, she went full bore here. Uh, here is what she had to say. I guess I don't want to be the skunk at the garden party, but I think there's a sense among Republicans that what Youngkin did was where Trump ran as a guy who wasn't gonna, who was gonna ban all Muslims, who Mexicans were rapists and murderers, um, black people came from bleephole countries. He was such an uncouth and flagrant, you know, debased. De there was no conversation about race under him. It was, um, it was beneath even people who said they voted for him. What Yunkin has done is he put it in a disguise. Yes. He gave it a fake name, mm -hmm. and his candidacy is wrapped in two big lies. One is this half-truth. I'm I flew an insurrection flag at my rally, but oh, Trump's at right. arm's length, arm length. There's Trump. Yeah. And the second big lie is that his his I watched his rally last Saturday. His his campaign promise, and he was making this promise in Loudon and in Alexandria, is on day one. I'm going to ban critical race theory. That is like us banning the ghosts. Right. There are no ghosts. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we can say, you know what? 7 p.m. We're banning the ghosts. There are no ghosts. There isn't critical race theory talk. What exactly. he's done is he's except, except, of course, that, that the Virginia Department of Education admits that it is being taught. Right? I mean, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Okay, let's talk about the why. Let's talk about the why for a few minutes. And we can we can stop sharing this. I don't think there's is there any other video here. Uh, oh, there is. Well, we'll keep going uh, about that in a second. We'll we'll come back. We'll come back to the videos in a second. Let, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the why for a moment, because this this is important. Um, as I as I've been saying, if, if you spent any time listening to me over the last uh, a few years, you know that my approach to elections has long been right. I'm a firm believer in the concept uh, that uh, politics is about addition and multiplication, not division and subtraction. You are you are moving and and. It, 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 in the case of elections recently, of course, you're talking about moving small groups of people from column A to column B, right? You're moving them around and you're trying to build this coalition to, to, to move it forward. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the fight, the battleground has been, of course, uh, among uh, so-called independent voters uh, and especially around, and I'm going to say the demographic of suburban soccer moms. What voters don't like to be, and especially independent voters, we'll be really clear about this. Now I'll leave the glasses on. What voters don't like to be is is uh, lied to. Um, they 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 don't like that. Uh, you, you know I am I am you know this because I feel this way about all of you. Uh, I believe that my audience is uh, is educated. I believe that they have a, a hunger for knowledge. Uh, they want to hear facts. Uh, they want to hear rationality. Um, and and what they don't want, what people generally don't want, is they don't want to be lied to. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to be told mistruths. Now, th- listen. I will say that there is a certain portion of the electorate uh, that apparently doesn't care about being lied to. Uh, right? We we I'm going to say we call them Democrats. Right? The the the, the Democrats are, are out there, and, and they don't mind you know having being told that oh there's nothing wrong here. We're going to get into the the president. The president didn't fall asleep. Uh, the president didn't poop his pants. Uh, the, uh, the, the, you know, uh, there is no such thing as critical race theory. There is no such thing as a culture war. Right? And, and you know, the, the, we, we, you know, the gas prices are because the economy is getting better. Uh, you know, it has nothing to do with uh, with the fact that we've cut off uh, our, our supplies of domestic oil. We're in, you know, anyway, all, all of these things. They, they don't care about these things. But But there is this issue of cognitive dissonance. What do I mean by that? What I mean, what I mean is the disconnect between what Barack Obama is telling people or what Nicole Wallace is telling people and what they're seeing on the ground, what Joe Biden is telling people and what they're seeing on the ground. You know, uh, parents, parents can see when their kids are coming home spouting all of this woke garbage at them. You know, there's the, the, the philosophy of redistributive economics, uh, this concept, right? You know, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, uh, um, uh, Christopher Columbus was, a, was a bad person, uh, that, uh, you know, anyway, all, all, all sorts of, all sorts of myths, but when they go to the gas pump and they see that gas prices are twice as much as they were in the spring of 2020, they know that something is wrong when they go to their grocery shelves and they see shelves that are empty or products that they can't get. I've talked about this. You know, I went on a trip recently um, and, and had to go and find a particular product that I like to travel with, and it was it was gone. It was not anywhere, not at the, the, the three stores that I went to. Turns out it was a supply chain issue. You know, they, people people notice these things. They notice when prices are going up. And so, you know, this is the so so when so when, so when a candidate comes out there and says, 
uh, I don't want, I don't believe that parents should be involved in the curriculum. Parents should be out of the curriculum business. That's, that's an issue. So, yeah, so this is, uh, um, uh, you know, th this is, this is, this is what happens. Uh, and let me, you know, let me, let me, let me get back to this. Cause this is, uh, uh, this is good stuff. Um, you know, as they, as they, they're sort of denying what, what they're doing. So oh, good. Ba -ba -ba. Here we go. Oh, I didn't just play it. All right. Well, that's fine. The, the grassroots uh, folks out there are uh, focused. Um, first of oh, all, we already saw this one. All right. Um, you that one we've played. Oh, I see. This is the same thing as before. Uh, my point is that playing on racial fears by demagoguing CRT furthers dangerous aspects of Trumpism just in, 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 in friendlier form. Well, no one's saying that. Well, no one's saying that we thought you were saying that they're a disease. <laughs> we, we know what you're saying, Van Jones. We, we know that what you're doing is you're using a dog whistle. And you're saying that that Glenn Youngkin is a white supremacist. Now I want to I want to go here because I want to talk about I want to talk about the why and where things uh, where things stand right now. Um, in fact, what I want to do. Oh, because I'll get to that in a minute. I, you know, we talk about these kitchen table issues here, and and this gets into what I think was the seminal ad of this campaign. Now it played on my social media all the time, but. Um, you know, we talk about these prices, and this ad this ad made a lot of people on the left uh, uh, angry. Um, but here is an ad, it, right? It's funny because somebody on the left was saying, I don't remember who it was, that um, that you you know the a Glenn Youngkin victory said said this yesterday. A Glenn Youngkin victory would be uh, indicative that all you can do is run on fear. Right, right. This is the other trope that the left uses: the Republicans don't have ideas, conservatives don't have ideas. They're just running on fear. Now, the reality, of course, is, again, I mean, you you talk about this. Sorry that I'm interrupting myself. You talk about this issue, and we've talked about it quite a bit in the past, of your opponents telegraphing to you, transmitting to you exactly who they are and what they're doing. Right? So, so you know, when when, you know, Democrats are out there talking about, racism and republicans being white supremacists conservatives being white supremacists right well you know we talk about this in virginia while we blithely ignore i talked about this on the live show last week while we blithely ignore that we had two statewide elected officials in virginia who had real incidents of racist behavior including a governor who uh was either in blackface or wearing a clan robe never got to the root of that I mean, so, so yeah, I, you know, this idea that we, we go down this road and, and then this idea of, of only running on fear, right? What do you call an ad, which is supposed to uh, target illegal, I'm sorry, target immigrants and saying, Hey, you know, uh, you elect Ed Gillespie, uh, drivers are going to be running down your kids in a truck. You know, this is all about fear that they have. But no, the reality is, of course, Republicans are running on ideas. Glenn Youngkin is running on ideas. You know, and I'll tell you something, that, that the slogan, Youngkin means business, that, that's great stuff. I wish I'd thought of that. 
years and years ago. Anyway, so uh, so here's here. Let's get back to um. Let's get back to this. This to me was the best ad uh, of the campaign. It's not your imagination. Consumer prices are going up. And to make matters worse, Virginia is only one of 13 states to tax groceries. Now, let me let me pause this here and, and say something about this. Um, by the way, filmed at a, a place called Tom Leonard's outside of Richmond. Um, that has a, 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 a kind of a special place in my heart. I'm still a Wegmans guy, as you all know. Uh, but when I, growing up in New York, uh, we had a grocery store. It came in really later on um, for me. It was, a, I think it was originally a Connecticut store called Stu Leonard's. And I think Stu Leonard's son, Tom, uh, opened up uh, uh, an outlet in Virginia. It looks remarkably the same to the Stu Leonard stores in the New York uh, metropolitan area, but um, uh, but uh, it's just smaller. Anyway, so uh, this was filmed there. As governor, I will eliminate Virginia's grocery tax. Career politicians will call it radical, but to me, it's just common sense. Because saving a little extra on milk and bread and all of this, it adds up. It's time to make it a little easier to live, work, and raise a family here in Virginia. Yeah, the, the 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 best the best ad in in the campaign, right? We talk about this. We talk about reaching people at the kitchen table, and and that's you know grocery prices are the ultimate sort of kitchen table discussion, aren't they? And so you, you know, it, it, you know, I should really get glare free glasses when I do this, but set that aside. Um, but the but you know this is just it. So. You know, when you say that that they are bereft of ideas, that they're just running on fear, no. They're, they're running on the issues that matter most to the voters who are going to vote on them. And grocery prices are certainly that. And now that it looks like Republicans are poised to take control of the Virginia House of Delegates, uh, you can actually have some some meaningful change. And what, are, are Democrats really going to run on this idea? No, 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 that, that people should pay grocery taxes? That uh, that oh my goodness, uh, the the wealthy the the wealthy are going to benefit from having a tax break on paying groceries. I mean, really, I mean that's uh, I guarantee you they're going to try to engage in some kind of class warfare on this. So yeah, so what else do we have here? Because I, I want to go I want to go through these. All right, so what else was going on here? Um, because I, I want to, uh, I, I want to go through, you know, as this was happening, then we'll get into what happened in, in New Jersey in a second. In fact, I think this leads into it in terms of the national mindset. We talked about this issue of 71% of Americans thinking that, uh, that, uh, that the country's on the wrong track. And I think I, one can extrapolate from that, that the country thinks that many people in the country think that the Democrats are out of touch, but let's go here. Um, you know, this was this was not helpful, uh, I think, leading up to Election Day. Uh, here is here is the president of the United States uh, attending the uh, COP26 speeches. This was the big climate summit over the weekend. Uh, here is uh, here is the president of the United States. Watch it. Oh. Here we go. So here we go. Oh, my goodness. You know. All right. All right. We, see, look, 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 it's that he's not the only one. You got the lady back here who's uh, who's uh, who was uh, falling asleep as well. This is my message 
Here we go. And then we got somebody waking him up. <laughs> All right, let's... Oh, oh, actually, I, I should have stopped that before I did it. Oh, my goodness. You know, when we have a, a situation in which the president of the United States, you know, we're, we are we are concerned about his acumen. We're concerned about his ability to serve. Now, as I said, the woman behind the president was falling asleep as well or yawning. She wasn't falling asleep. She was yawning. Um, but the the uh, I've talked about this, about the HBO show Veep being a mirror for um uh for you know or the most accurate portrayal of life in dc uh it's funny because in the first season of veep there is a uh a, a, an incident in which uh, the vice president selena meyer falls asleep while she is presiding over the senate and and you don't have a person who's able to rush in there and say something to her but i, I you know but but my point is that's one thing the other part of this is this issue of uh, of uh, of people being out of touch and the Democrats going off the rails? And so, with that, I want to pull up. Uh, this is this is something I wanted to talk about. Um, um, this is Rashida Talib. Uh, you know, you you talk about 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 someone who's we talk about the squad we talk about the progressive left and how they're lurching forward you know this this is emblematic of everything that is wrong about why democrats are going to ultimately lose and lose big next year in the midterm elections uh, it's because of people like rashida talib and and the insanity that they're bringing to the congress uh here is uh, here is what she had to say it's hard to believe uh, that mobile can be good at just $15 a month. So, all right, sorry guys. So we have this. Let me let me mute one of this. our first and oldest customers was Seaman. Not gonna let me mute it. Welcome to Mint Ryan. So you've had Mint for years. Any issues? No, the service has been great. Oh, thank you, Rumble, for doing this as we sort of have this uh, uh, this thing here. Ten seconds left as we look at Ryan Reynolds. Still $15 a month, though, right? Yep. Sorry guys. I should be better. I should have pulled this up from Seaman. And not relied on Dan Bongino's Bongino report. Um, Mike, Mike Worth. All right, stop, stop, stop. Actually, I want to start again. So this is a, uh, I want to say he's the CEO of Chevron. Let's go full screen here. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Now we can talk about Kirsten Cinema and, and her outfits on the floor of the Senate. But respect, respect goes both ways. And I'm sorry, you know, you are the CEO of a corporation, unless you're some kind of a celebrity and you're sort of known by going for your, uh, by your first name, you, you are someone who goes and you testify uh, before a house committee, you're called before Congress to testify. Uh, there is something entirely inappropriate about a member of Congress calling a CEO, uh, calling uh, a witness, Mike, all, calling Mike. any witness by their first name. I'm not going to even say CEO. You know, I, you know, you, you, there is, there is a, a certain formality that is supposed to be at work here. And, and I'm sorry, look at this, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sitting right behind Rashida Tlaib. So let's get back to this. Um, Mike, Mike, Mike Worth, when are you going to cut the check? Congresswoman, I, I'm not trying to understand the context of your question. That's okay. Okay. So could I? Excuse me, I, I'd like to correct something that you that you've sure. been provided with some inaccurate information. 
information, mm -hmm. uh, Noble Energy was not a subsidiary of Chevron in, in 2000. Okay, you can submit it for the record, sir. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, so he's correcting her, right? She is she is proceeding. She is a member of Congress who is proceeding. Let me let me set the context here. Um, what Rashida Tlaib is 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 saying is that. Um, you know, we have these regimes around the world uh, that are always trying to extract money out of uh, out of big pockets. And this is not me sitting here uh, defending, uh, a, you know, environmental uh, damage, um, you know, not at all. But but, you know, there are any things that, that can happen here. And Rashida Tlaib is not the representative of. Uh, uh, the people of Uzbekistan or the people of uh, of Chile or whatever. She represents her constituency. Uh, and so this idea that she you know, is going to say, when are you going to cut the check? Uh, all right. Wait till she gets to talking about uh, indigenous people, because this is my favorite part. You can submit it to the committee. Chevron has about 70 serious cases of environmental and community abuses in 31 countries worldwide owing over 50 billion in judgments and settlements checks literally settlement debts that you all have so mike when you first of all okay check, again coming back to this so mike when are you going to cut the check how about how about if you really want to i mean this again gets into if you're literally if you're legitimately interested in answering the question or whether or not you're just trying to score political hit points and again to call a witness by their first name Respect goes both ways. When are you going to cut the check? Congressman, I'm not familiar with the number you... When are you like. going to cut the $50 billion check that you owe? It went through the courts. You owe $50 billion. All right, and again, this is assuming, of course, that these other courts... Uh, you know, let's assume that the number's right. Let's assume that there were judgments that were found. This is, of course, assuming that these courts are not, you know, astoundingly corrupt and that they're, they're subject to the same kind of judicial processes uh, that we are in the United States. Communities in 31 countries. Congressman, I'd be happy to take a look at the source for your information on sure. this and, uh, and get back to you on it because I have no understanding of what- Well, I have a message for you as Chevron CEO. I mean, you made what, $29 million last year in poisoning the planet? Um, $29 million in poisoning the planet. Um, uh, $29 million in, 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 uh, in extracting fuel that we, that we need as a planet and, and that we use as a resource in making all kinds of products, including that wonderful little microphone. And I don't think you can see my cursor here, but the wonderful little microphone, uh, uh you know, how that bends all lots of plastic components, this computer monitor here, poisoning the planet made $29 million, uh, uh poisoning the planet. That's, that's our takeaway here. Mr. Worth, you, you can't arrest us all. You can't arrest the truth. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? <laughs> Lord knows, I have no idea what she's saying. You can't arrest us all. He's the CEO of Chevron. I, I, anyway. Congresswoman, I, I am uh, not exactly following. This poor guy. So, so you're targeting in actions against the human rights lawyer, Dotsinger. I mean, what you did there, your company, maybe through subsidiaries, I don't know. I just want to remind you, there are more of us than there are of you. You can poison the planet to make money, but we're going to defend the planet so we can live. And we will win. So, uh, you know, I need Chevron to cut the check. You owe 50 I need Chevron to cut the check. As though she's going to get some of that money. 
some of that fat Chevron cash. Hey, I Mike, cut the checks so I can get some of my my poisoning the planet money. Oh, I stepped on it. This is my favorite part here. This is great. Ladies and gentlemen, a member of the United States Congress. Indigenous communities ah, and people that you I'm screwing it up. I shouldn't make fun of this, especially as I butcher the uh, the audio or the video here. Million dollars to indigenous, indigenous, indigenous communities and people that you harmed for profit. This is not about vilifying no. these companies. This is about it's not about it's not about vilifying these companies. It's not about vilifying these companies. They're poisoning the planet, and and he, he made he made twenty nine million dollars poisoning. But but no no no, it's not about vil, it's not about vilifying the the, the the company. You all know we're all paying the cost from our public health to our you know you know what we're paying the cost. All right, we're we're done here. We don't we don't we don't need we don't need any more Rashida Tlaib. We are paying the cost because you get Joe Biden going to COP26 and saying we're going to rejoin the Paris Accords and we're going to do it through the executive order because he knows he can't get it through the Senate. We are, we've, we're, we're seeing the policies that Rashida Tlaib is proffering every day when we go to the pump and, and, yet, uh, and, and, and that's where we're paying the price, right? We're, we're paying the price because gasoline is double the cost that it was at the start of the pandemic or a couple weeks into the pandemic. And yeah, I get it. Listen, I get the issues of demand and how that plays into this. But one of the ways you hedge against demand-driven price jumps is by ensuring that we have a domestic supply of something. This is part of the reason why gas prices were stable during the Trump administration. I want to uh, go here. Uh, we got that. All right, so, so here because I'm, I'm sorry I'm going through uh i'm going through this oh you know something speak of the devil the left going off the, the rails um again biden at the climate summit i would i would be remiss before we start talking about pennsylvania or pennsylvania before we start talking about new jersey um here is uh, here is greta thunberg and i will warn you that this has some mildly strong language um so here is uh, greta thunberg's new uh, new chant at uh, cop 26. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. Classy, huh? There you go. That that makes that makes perfect sense. I I, I you know I, I I love it. Anyway, um, let's go let's go here. So, uh, bu- 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 oh yeah. All right. So the the big story in all of this was was and I've just spent listen I know I've just spent almost forty minutes talking about Virginia and how we got to Virginia, um, but the the big story is uh, is what happened in New Jersey and what is happening in New Jersey. In fact, let me you know while we're while we're doing this, uh, latest New Jersey. Here we go. Let's 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 pull this up so that we know. Um, Sorry, as I'm as I'm trying to find this, trying to find the uh, the 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 latest numbers here. Here we go. Oh boy, as I sit here and I look at the USA Today. Yep, no, it's not here. All right. So anyway, as of as of last night, 
uh, the um, uh, uh, the 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 in, in New Jersey, the Republican was uh, was up by about 70 votes over the incumbent Phil Murphy. Um, and I'm pulling this up here because, uh, you know, it, it's helpful to it's helpful to understand where things were before. Because um, I wanted to I wanted to go back and, and look through. Uh, so <clears throat> back in May. Uh, the 538, which is uh, 538.com is a political polling thing. We, we, we all question, currently question the uh, accuracy of their prognostication. You know, Nate Silver is always cheerleading when Democrats seem to be um, uh, leading and, um, and uh, uh, is, is a little, you know, t- tends to try to spin away why Republicans are doing well. But so here we have back in May, uh, the uh, the 538.com had New Jersey listed as a a D plus 12. Now, it's not obviously not the most Democratic state that's out there, Um, more Democratic leaning than Virginia. They had Virginia at a D plus four as I'm looking at this. Uh, But New Jersey was a D plus 12. And then uh, you had the Cook Political Report. This is over the weekend. Um, this is, yeah, this is, uh, uh, I'm sorry, late last week. Uh, the Cook Political Report writes, uh, in the final stretch, New Jersey's governor's race remains solid Democrat. So that this, what's happening in New Jersey, and again, even if Phil Murphy manages to pull off a victory, even if he, if he manages to find however many votes he needs uh, to sustain this, the fact is that for a state that, is, that was D plus 12, uh, that the pundits were saying was a uh, was a solid Democrat state uh, for for the Republicans to come as close as they have and seem to are doing, if not actually eking out a victory here, uh, that speaks volumes for what is for what is happening. Uh, and and you know the, I got the question today from my friends uh, John Justice and, and Drew Lee on the Twin Cities News Talk. You know, did they how did they miss this? And I, I, I think it comes down to this. Um, I think it, it it comes down to a, a couple of, a couple of things that that are at play here, and I'm sorry Jerry's not with us today to, to talk about this because Jerry lived in New Jersey for a very long time. He understands the politics there, um, but I suspect that because it, it was viewed as solidly blue as a D plus twelve, and a Republican would have a snowball's chance in Hades of of winning the governorship that the, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of polling done. In fact, I could pull it up. I don't want to bore you with sort of getting back on my computer and, and doing this. Um, I, could, I could bore you, I could, I could pull up um, um, how many polls were done on real clear politics. We could, we could go do that. And, and, I, and I dare say that we're, there are probably far fewer polls being done in New Jersey than were being done in, in Virginia and that not a lot of money was being spent on that polling. When you don't spend money on polling, I'm not gonna say you get bad polls, but you may not get polls that can be, that, that can accurately assess what the people are saying. Uh, there may be issues in New Jersey having to do with um, uh, more people being unavailable to answer polling on their cell phones and having pollsters who haven't seemed to uh, figure out a way to get around that in New Jersey. Um, and you may, it may be easier to get a hold of people in, in Virginia still, I don't know. Um, but but there's that. But I will say this much, um, because I think the the factors that are at work in both states are similar but different. I think both Virginia and New Jersey were dealing with the right track, wrong track issues. I think the issues of of of, of 
you know, the, the Biden approval are highly important here. Um, but, but it's also, but whereas in Virginia, the education issue and the kitchen table issues were, were square in front. I suspect that in New Jersey, it's the crime issue. Uh, that was much more prominent. And that way, it's one of those areas where New Jersey, I think, is is remarkably similar to, to Maryland in, in that regard, right? We can draw comparisons between places like Newark and places like Baltimore. But uh, and you, when you look across the Hudson River in terms of what happened in New York City with a nominally pro-police mayoral candidate winning there, um, that could tell you a lot about what's going on in New Jersey. Again, Right. The, the, what they do have in common, I'm going to use this word in two different ways, what they do have in common, New Jersey and Virginia, is this issue of common sense and cognitive dissonance. Right. And it, listen, it gets into what happened in, in Minneapolis last night as well. Right. A major uh, a police reform package defeated at the ballot box. And the dissonance is, right, you get folks like the Marilyn Mosby's of the world or the Open Society uh, Foundation and Open Society Institutes of the world saying that we need to reimagine and reinvent policing. All the while, we're, we're seeing crime spike in places like New York and probably certain areas of New Jersey. And, and folks are saying, well, wait a minute. Um, so we're going to police less and we think we're going to produce less crime. You know, in, in, in Baltimore, we're going to we're going to prosecute fewer people. Uh, and we think that it's going to somehow uh, reduce crime when it doesn't, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you get, you get the garbage statistic in, in Maryland. Oh, well, Baltimore, uh, we're, we're prosecuting fewer people for petty crime. Therefore, petty crime is down. <laughs> no, 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 it's not the way it works. If you're not prosecuting people for petty crime, it means you're not going to arrest people for petty crime. And guess what? Uh, it means a petty crime is not going to get reported in the same way. And sorry, the background, uh, if you hear it, my, uh, my garage door is going up. My, my daughter is coming home, which means that we should probably wrap this up in a couple of minutes. So that's what's happening in, uh, in uh, that's what's happening in New Jersey and why I think the New Jersey story is a much, much bigger one because it didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, um, uh, it didn't, uh, it shouldn't have happened that way. It should not have been, it certainly shouldn't have been that close. Uh, and it certainly shouldn't have produced the, the victory that it did. I want to uh, I want to offer up as we talk about this. I, I want to offer up the words of uh, of uh, of Ben Shapiro, uh, who who wrote this. Um, uh, condolences to Virginia on becoming radically racist again, according to the media, by electing a black female lieutenant governor and a Cuban American attorney general, uh, rejecting racial essentials and schools and replacing a democratic governor who wore an actual kkk outfit so oh you know i i i said it uh, along the same ways as well okay hey so uh, as i wrap this up uh no news on the other front um and i'm sorry about that what i need you to do is i need you to pay attention to what's happening here on the andrew langer show page or, or on uh, the andrew langer show youtube channel uh, it's it's up there. I'll put the link up there. Uh, also, you know, all of these things are going to be uploaded to SoundCloud. If you haven't uh, checked out my interview with um, uh, with Glenn DeVries from last week, uh, the Blue Origin astronaut, I can take my glasses off now. Uh, the Blue Origin astronaut, go and check that out. That is a fascinating discussion, um, and it's going to lead to more. I'll, you can see it on Twitter, so I'm not I'm not giving anything away. Uh, Glenn, as I told you, was a, a year behind me at, at my high school, Fieldston. 
Um, also in Glenn's class was Ian Kahn, who played George Washington in AMC's The Turn. Uh, uh, um, uh, Ian was was so uh, pleased with how the interview uh, went with uh, Glenn DeVries. Uh, Ian uh, has said that he would he would love to come on. So we're going to work on getting him on uh, soon. Uh, my interview yesterday with Michael Harrison uh, was is great. If you're a music fan, uh, many of you are music fans uh, who listen to the show and 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 watching these videos. Uh, if you're interested in rock radio and how rock radio and what what music DJing can teach us uh, about talk radio, teach talk radio hosts, uh, go and check that out. It's a, it's a fun interview, uh, learning about how album oriented rock, the album oriented rock format came about. Uh, that that's great. Uh, next week, at least it's on the schedule. I thought it was going to be yesterday. We got our dates confused. Uh, next week, I'm going to be sitting down with Brian Kilmeade uh, from Fox News to talk about his new book uh, about Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. So tune in there. Listen, we're going to be doing more of these. Um, uh, and I've got to find, listen, I know I've got to find a way to make them uh, more interactive. Uh, so um, anyway, guys, thank you so very much for joining me. Uh, take care. And uh, as I always say, have a great week, everybody. Have fun and uh, stay safe.